Good evening, everyone, and welcome to episode 68 of the Retrospectors podcast, Pikmin. My name is Patrick Arthur, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, James Terlings. James, as usual, you're the one to pick the weird and esoteric and strange titles. Why are we doing Pikmin? Why are we doing these weird console puzzle RTSs game after game? Well, it actually, uh, <laughs> actually, I've probably picked more uh, console RTSs than real, uh, real uh, PC uh, real-time strategies at this point. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, we saw this um, mentioned in Discord a couple of times by a few of our users, and I realized, like, I never owned a GameCube growing up, but every time I've played a GameCube game, I've really enjoyed it. So. Uh, just kind of going through and you know cleaning up these uh, old games that I missed growing up. Yeah, it was um it was actually pretty fun discussing it this week on our Discord. We created a game club channel, uh, and we've had people play through a couple of times. So this was the first time to have people sharing their thoughts and experiences as they played. Uh, so it was it was quite fun. I enjoyed um I enjoyed the advice that we were being given and our <laughs> I, uh, sad I really tragic... needed it. <laughs> <laughs> It's good. Um, we sh- I shared my uh, my final screenshot of the game, which showed me that I had a uh, like a ninety three percent attrition rate. <laughs> like nine hundred of my thousand Pikmin died over the course of my you know twenty seven day endeavor. I trust me, guys. You do not want me commanding your armies. Uh, let's put it that way. Uh, Patrick, what was your final score at on the last day? Um, so I did not actually finish Pikmin, much to my shame. Um, just had a rough couple of weeks and was, you know, struggling to push myself to play through it. I got, uh, I got to twenty-two parts, and there's about another five or six parts that I know how to get. Uh, I just haven't put the legwork in so to my shame i didn't do the final battle but i think that um i've played enough to uh still be worthy of discussion james well i hope that's the case patrick because i have a lot of opinions about this game um that i'm hoping you'll uh, uh nag me for but um you know let's get to it i guess yeah we'll see so so james and i are on the retrospectors podcast our main goal is to review and discuss these classics of the past through a modern lens we're not here to evaluate these games in the context in which they were produced we don't really care about how well received they were for their graphical fidelity or incredible advancements back in 2001 we just want to know how fun these games are to play today if they're worth your time to pick up and play when there's hundreds of wonderful games being released in a more modern time frame uh sometimes they stand the test of time and sometimes they don't and uh, that's what this show is all about so this fortnight james and i played through pikmin uh, it was first released in 2001 for the GameCube, uh, not for the Wii, which is what I originally tweeted. I thought this was a Wii title just because <laughs> of the... Uh, I, I think that something about the control scheme seemed much better suited to a Wii controller, and so did Nintendo when they later re- released it for the Nintendo Wii. Um Basically, Pikmin's a hybrid RTS puzzle game developed and published by Nintendo. We're going to spend some time just explaining exactly how Pikmin controls. Uh, Similar to Kingdom Under Fire, The Crusaders, it's very unusual to have an RTS set up on a controller or 
uh, as we'll talk in a minute with our modified Wii setup with a mouse and keyboard replacing the Wii controller. So we're just gonna make sure we spend some time explaining what playing this game actually feels like because it's fairly unique. Yeah, so as Patrick mentioned, we played Pikmin on a mouse and keyboard this fortnight. We uh, emulated it using Dolphin, which is always a delight. Um, and we decided that we didn't want to, you know, set up a Wii a Wii mote with our computer to set up. So we found a handy little little guide to get mouse and keyboard controls working, um, and we'll link that in the show notes. Um, Patrick, how did you feel about this setup? Honestly, for me, worked pretty pretty flawlessly. I can't imagine it playing better on a you know the original control scheme on a physical controller yeah i would say that if you are going to play pikmin today this mouse and keyboard setup is far and away the best way to do it because just being able to freely aim anywhere on the screen with your mouse just gives you superior control of your pikmin army um i will say though that like with Kingdom Under Fire, the Crusaders, I do have fundamental issues with this kind of control scheme because every time I use this control scheme that's based around controlling a single character, when there are no control groups, when there's no mini map, when there's no screen scrolling with your mouse, I still always tend to get a little bit frustrated at the at how restricted it is. But perhaps those restrictions are the point. What what do you think, James? Yeah, I mean, I think Pikmin is very clearly set up differently to a lot of the other RTS games we've played for the show. Um, I think when you know it's built ground up uh, for the game, then it can you know handle that just fine. And I think that was okay. I didn't really have any issues. You know the the way you control the camera with mouse and keyboard is that um, um, centering the camera behind you is bound to shift. Um, that was a bit annoying occasionally, but for the most part, I found that everything worked as I expected it to. With the, I guess the only major gripe being that um, on on a controller you have the C stick, which is the little you know yellow analog stick that comes with the GameCube controller, um, and moving that in directions controls. Uh, your Pikmin a bit more finely. Um, on a mouse and keyboard, you kind of hold space and awkwardly push the mouse back and forth to simulate, you know, moving the analog stick. And that didn't work as well for me as just having it on a separate set of buttons. Um, so maybe I'd suggest instead of using that space bar control, you could maybe, you know, bind something to the arrow keys and, you know, move your hand between the mouse and the arrows. And this is a distinction between this and a traditional RTS. In a traditional RTS, you would select your units either by hitting a control group or creating a box around your units and click where you want them to go. In Pikmin, you hold down space bar where you want your Pikmin to go and they will head in that direction. Um, it's the same with... Uh, with when you want them to interact with objects. Uh, for example, in this game, your yellow Pikmin pick up bombs. Um, if you want them to pick up bombs, you need to click on the bombs for them to pick up. By cycling through your Pikmin, by holding down the, uh, is it left click or right click? By holding down left, cl left click and then tapping right click. Once again, instead of having your control groups on one, two, three, my blue, red, and yellow Pikmin, and sending them through, you're kind of holding down a button then clicking another button. Now, I will say that it it does mostly function. Like you're not, it's not that this control scheme is fundamentally broken. Like it does work, but 
I think that it is fair to say, as I said in the Kingdom Under Fire, the Crusaders episode, an art traditional RTS setup, a non-console RTS, is always going to be a far superior control experience than anything that can possibly exist on a controller. And I don't think in this hypothetical world where you have access to this RTS control scheme that the game would be worse. It would just be smoother and far easier to control. So I was never completely comfortable with this control scheme. So I don't think it would really work in a traditional RTS control format. Like, because you have to have the Pikmin kind of like following Olimar around, I guess. Maybe... Well, you don't, right? That's that's a that's another nudge to the um to the. Uh, but then it would the... be a completely different game if they weren't following Olimar around. Well, you can assign them to tasks without um without Olimar being there. It's just you'd also gain the ability to move your Pikmin around um instead of them f- literally following him around everywhere. And I think that that would work just fine. And I think. I don't think it would make the game like significantly easier or anything. I think your ability to multitask is extremely uh, improved if you can move multiple groups of Pikmin around at different parts of the map at the same time. Yeah, and maybe that's where my frustrations came from. The fact that it, it often felt like I could only do one thing at a time. But anyway, um, for the most part, the controls using mouse and keyboard were pretty good. The only thing I will say with the method that we had... Um, the default settings didn't have the plus and minus buttons banned, uh, which <laughs> yes. is your your map and the start screen respectively. Highly recommend, um, and I'll include it in the show notes, to also bind those two buttons. About half my playtime, I didn't realize it was a radar until <laughs> like a mini map that I could bring up. The map actually shows you where the parts of your spaceship is, which is incredibly useful. Um, and I have to admit, because I didn't bind the button, I didn't use that for like 90% of my playthrough. I just went and found them on my own, which, you know, was kind of fun in its own way. But, you know, that is there. So do remember to bind those two buttons. Um, with that out of the way, Patrick, did you want to introduce everyone to the uh, the world of Pikmin? Yeah, absolutely. So um, in the game, you take control of Captain Olimar. He's a one inch tall humanoid. So he's not human. He's an alien, but he looks, you know, roughly like a human. And he's having a he's having a vacation in space. He's on his spaceship, which is called the Dolphin, of course. Um, And he's just chilling, having a good time. All of a sudden, an asteroid collides with his ship um, and the ship crashes into a future version of Earth far after the extinction of humans. Uh, So he's crashed into Earth and all of the parts of his ship get scattered all over the place. So there's 30 parts of his ship and they're scattered everywhere and it's not very easy for him to get access to them. Um, In addition to this, he only has 30 days of air supply because the oxygen of Earth is poisonous to him. So he's got 30 days to try and get his ship back together so he can escape into the safety of space. Which seems to be an impossible task. I mean, he can't pick up the portion, the parts of his spaceship that have broken apart. And there are huge bugs relative to him patrolling the surface. So it's very lucky that he happens to find the Pikmin. Um, these Pikmin are near extinct and they seem incapable of doing anything without direct command. So without someone telling them to do something, they kind of just idle about doing absolutely nothing. Um, so Olimar comes up with a great idea to use them as slave labor. 
to find the parts missing from his ship and uh, fight the native wildlife. Um, I think that what we're meant to assume is that the Pikmin once had a queen of some kind that doesn't exist anymore. It's kind of like a beehive without without a queen, like the bees have no purpose without being ordered what to do. So Olimar takes that role and he makes them do his bidding. Um, so there's not a whole lot to this story. Uh, you spend your time collecting the parts for the spaceship and then you you know, hopefully blast off into space. But one thing I did want to bring up was the atmosphere and the character of Olimar, because I think that even though this, there's not much to this story, I did appreciate the vibes that Olimar was giving off, uh, even his who was facing this very life-threatening situation. He was very clearly an excited scientist and biologist and every single day he writes excitedly about his new discoveries of the native uh, wildlife it gave me outer wilds vibes this kind of excitement for science james did you uh did you feel the same way or did you like any thoughts on the story i did like holomar a bit like there was this one note he made I think halfway through the mission where he said something to the effect of, you know, I'll either find all the spaceship parts or die exploring. Um, and he seemed, he was often quite almost poetic in some of his journal notes about exploring this like strange, lonely world. And I kind of liked that. I got to say though, like my favorite part of the story was definitely like the morbid undertones uh, that, you know, encapsulate the whole thing. Like you're this guy that's coming here and, you know, uh, enslaving this race of aliens to, you know, find your spaceship parts. There's basically, like, near the end of the game, uh, I sent, like, 800 Pikmin to their death in order to get my piggy bank back. Like, uh, some of the, like, unintentional humor in this game is great. Like, I think you can, like, read deeper than you're supposed to into a lot of it, and it, I found it very entertaining throughout the story. I think the um the thing that kind of is a bit odd about this is that I think it's trying to go for this kind of symbiosis thing, like... Captain Olimar needs the Pikmin to survive and the Pikmin need Captain Olimar to survive. But it feels like Captain Olimar is getting a lot more out of the bargain than the Pikmin yeah. are. And if there was some kind of goal where you were doing this and then you left a successful Pikmin colony behind or whatever, or you had to have a certain number alive or something like that, it would feel a bit more equitable. But well, as it see is... Well, see, this is the bit where you not finishing the game comes into play. Um, because right. in the final cutscene, when Olimar leaves, um, there's this little like scene that plays where the Pikmin all look at each other and then they go off and they start attacking all of these monsters together. Like they've learnt with Olimar's teachings how to be, you know, how to survive in this world together. So they have their society has, you know, grown as a whole because of Olimar's intervention here. Ah, uh, I see. Okay, yeah, I guess that makes sense. I, I guess the thing that always gets me is when you walk away from the Pikmin, they just idle they there just waiting to die. Forever. Yeah, <laughs> so I thought that without someone commanding them, they were effectively useless. Well, if I mean, they're they, not... If, 
they're not totally mindless. There's so many times where you're running to a destination and like five of your Pikmin just decide to run off on their own to grab this like these grass that they just feel like picking up. Uh, around. <laughs> my Pikmin are junkies, man. That really started to frustrate me as the game went on because you take out a cohort of like blue Pikmin because you needed them to cross the water, and by the time you get to where you needed to go, you'd lost about a quarter of them to various bits of grass. <laughs> if you weren't paying attention, attention every step of the way did, did you did you like that feature because i just found it irritating like I, I i i get the humor in it but in terms of i am trying to achieve this objective it was very annoying it was irritating it was absolutely irritating the pikmin getting stuck on ledges or falling into water it oh was irritating all the but, time yeah but to me this kind of lends this sense of believability to these pikmin as critters right like um like i hated whenever that shit happened but i found the pikmin to be more endearing because of their like blundering idiocy sometimes so i don't know if on the whole i would say it was a negative for me like there was definitely you know when i think back on the you know the little idiots i'm kind of fond at their stupidity so i think that um you know having finished the game and thinking back on it like my experience now is better for it, even though while playing the game, um, I was really annoyed at a lot of times. So I think mechanically, specifically, I think the big issue is the different move speeds on the Pikmin. Because the Pikmin evolve into there's three different stages, and the you know, the stronger the more evolved they are, the faster they move. And so if you're running with a group of Pikmin, the really speedy ones can easily keep up with you, but the slower ones can't. So if you're navigating a lot of twists and turns, it's very easy to leave a lot stuck behind or drowning in water. The the <laughs> Pikmin that can't swim will gladly just run into water to follow you. No worries at all. And I think that... I think that they needed slightly better pathfinding than what they currently have. Yeah, but um I kind of agree. So I, I found it I found it a little annoying. Um these but I do have to say that the Pikmin being junkies that need that sweet yellow nectar <laughs> yeah. is at least amusing from yeah. a story perspective. Yeah. Um I think that the Pikmin and Olimar are the characters um in this story, right? Like they have to have some kind of uh, personality traits um going for them in order for you to feel some kind of like connection for you and like it does feel good when you know you command like a horde of a hundred to take out this impossible foe after the first time it just ate them all um so you know i i didn't mind like the story in this game isn't much it's mostly window dressing um but what is there i felt mostly added to the experience and i don't think there were any like major parts of the pl like the character writing or you know the pikmin or olimar um that negatively detracted from my experience agreed uh not much there but what's there is enjoyable and i liked i i found it pretty charming like i i was on board with it yeah yeah i think i think that like that morbid undercurrent like really helped it for me a lot um and I don't know, just there's something something fascinating to me about just being stuck on this lonely world by yourself. There's just this atmosphere of isolation 
um, that I felt that it captured, you know, relatively well in a couple of the levels, and I did quite enjoy that. Okay, um, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about what playing this game is actually like, because if you haven't played Pikmin, it's difficult to understand. It's it's an odd game. I think it's not the easiest thing in the world to explain. So the idea in Pikmin is that you load into one of four levels. There's only four main levels in the game. Uh, you're not, and your goal is to gather your ship parts. An area generally has between five and ten ship parts. There's problems though. There's many problems and many obstacles in your path. So there might be walls that you can't pass through. There are lots of enemies that will attack you if you try and go past them. Um, there are other terrain obstacles like water or walls, like your part might be up on a higher level, and Olimar cannot jump. He's kind of stuck on the level he is. So what you need to do is you need to recruit your Pikmin from uh, their base flowers, um, You and you need to grow your Pikmin by collecting pellets that drop from flowers and from the defeated foes, and sometimes they're scattered in the world. And the different Pikmin under your command are better able to tackle these different obstacles. So playing Pikmin is about controlling your Pikmin and using the right Pikmin in the right place in the right way to get rid of obstacles and eventually get your Pikmin to the ship part to bring back to your ship. From the first day, I'd say your primary goal, other than collecting ship parts, is to grow your numbers of Pikmin because you start off with, you know, what, like one, two, three Pikmin total. Um, and then by the end of the game, you can have hundreds of these things, right? So Although you can only control a hundred at a time. hundred at a time, yeah, which is quite a lot, to be honest. Um, so, you know, you start off with like three Pikmin, and then you walk around the world, you find these pellets, and then Olimar can either can move his, command his Pikmin in two ways primarily. He can either left-click or press a button to throw the Pikmin in an arc trajectory, or he can move the C stick um, in order to, you know, have them swarm in somewhat of a direction, but they're still kind of centered on Olimar as he walks around. So it's like they're, you know, pushing out in a wave from his body. Um, and, you know, for example, there'll be a flower, and in the center of the flower is a pellet. So Olimar can throw his Pikmin up to the flower. It'll knock the flower down, grab the pellet, and then take the pellet slowly back to your base where there are your ship and the three onions, they call them, which are the Pikmin's spacecraft, basically. You'll have one for each colored Pikmin. So, you know, you throw your red Pikmin, it grabs a pellet, brings it to the red onion, and the red onion will consume the pellet and then plant two Pikmin under it, which you can then, you know, pick up out of the ground and add to your, you know, your hoard. So... Early on, like, a lot of your efforts will be in, you know, maintaining large numbers and then trying to scout out where ship parts are. Yeah, so you might find a ship part that's across water um, and there's a bridge on the other side of that water, but you uh, can't build the bridge from the side where your forces reside. So you need to recruit a bunch of water Pikmin. The water Pikmin will move through the water um, to the other side they'll fight the enemy that's on the other side and then they'll build the bridge from that side because they're the only ones who can build the bridge from that side with that bridge completed those blue pikmin can then take that part over the bridge except 
on the way back, they have to pass through this fire field. So you can dismiss your blue Pikmin, get your red Pikmin, your red Pikmin will pick up that part and then they can safely take it through this fire field and back to your starship to repair it. So you have to use the right Pikmin in the right place in order to have everyone come through safely. Um, yeah. Broadly speaking, the roles of the Pikmin are the red Pikmin, which are the best at fighting. Um, they're immune to fire. Um, and they're generally your brute force work. Your yellow Pikmin are your specialists. They can pick up these bombs in the world. Bombs are very useful for taking on large enemies and destroying walls. And they can also quite strangely be thrown higher than all the other Pikmin. So you're able to put them on levels up above you that you can't reach with the other Pikmin. And the blue Pikmin, their main special ability is that they can go underwater. And as you proceed through the game, there is more and more water. So that ends up being an extremely useful ability. So you have to combine all of these Pikmin together uh, in order to get all the parts to your spaceship. So that's how you control the Pikmin and what they do. Um, so generally the structure of the game is that you have 30 days worth of breathable gas because oxygen is poisonous to Olimar. Um, and in that 30 days of time, you need to collect 30 ship parts. So in a given day, you will, you know, enter a landing site of your choice, and then you have 13 and a half minutes, which makes up a day in this world, um, in order to do things. Um, generally, you know, your actions in the world are mostly permanent, like if you kill a bunch of enemies, then the next day they won't be there, although, you know, more enemies can respawn like if you wait too long, so if like four days passes, you could meet a whole bunch of new enemies, so like, when you do things does matter and there is like this kind of sense of urgency because if you don't get enough ship parts um the game will end and you won't have gotten everything so um pikmin to me uh is a game about prioritization and optimization um funnily enough right like you have a limited number of pikmin and you need to get a certain number of parts in a certain number of days so you kind of need to work out what the most efficient path to your goal is going to be in a level um, and then try to like get as much done in the 13 minutes um, that you can um, even if that just means dragging three parts kind of close to the ship but not quite getting them so be it you only have 13 minutes to work with so you have to you know you have to use your time wisely and act pretty speedily um patrick did you want to talk about the level design at this game uh yeah absolutely so the level design in this game i think is probably the strongest aspect of pikmin uh i very much liked this idea in theory of these parts being scattered to the winds and you're almost having to do this puzzle solving in order to uh reach your goals um i enjoyed exploring and identifying and trying to think my way through these problems because while for you james at least it seems to be a game of optimization i don't think that's how i played i i think that the more i played the more optimized my play became as i got more adept at controlling pikmin and but i think that you can achieve a lot by kind of scouting out and knowing what you need ahead of time. And often I would spend an entire day getting zero ship parts, but almost 
preparing for the puzzle solving, whether that I just spend my day killing enemies and blowing up walls and um, understanding the lay of the land for what was coming next. And all in all, that that puzzle and planning aspect was my favorite part of the game and what, what I think Pikmin does best. Yeah, I kind of agree. Um, I actually think that because Pikmin is a game, I believe, that is meant to be replayed um, because, you know, there are a bunch of high score systems um, and, you know, logging of your past runs that exist in this game. And I think that the experience of playing through the game the first time um, and playing through it on subsequent playthroughs is going to be very different because like your first playthrough you don't know where anything is right so like Patrick did I often spent a lot of days just looking around the level figuring out which part was where which Pikmin I needed and then you know planning in my head what route I was going to take in the next day and then doing you know the busy work that um, I needed to do beforehand like building those bridges knocking down walls killing monsters in key positions and you know i i enjoyed the exploration which to be fair like if we had used the map we wouldn't have needed to do <laughs> as much of but like that walking around the level identifying where everything was and then you know kind of like planning my route in my head was satisfying and it was something enjoyable um i think that three pikmin has four levels really um, but the first is more of a tutorial level, and the second one is um, a bit smaller. It's really the third and the fourth mm. level that are quite big and require a lot of planning um, in order to complete, where I think the game really hits its stride in the amount of work that you have to do. Um, I think that the levels are mostly pretty fun. Like, each level isn't super... Like, there isn't a lot of repeated ideas here um in terms of each level right like in the cave level there is a whole section of areas um which is filled with monsters that breathe fire um and so you have to kind of like learn uh how you can get around that because you know fire kills pikmin very fast unless they're immune to fire um so i think that something i really liked about the levels with they were made up of all of these little bits that required you to know a little bit of, you know, game knowledge in order to beat, right? Like there were these bits that needed, you know, that had water, but they also needed yellow Pikmin across the water. So you needed to know how to get the yellow Pikmin across the water, etc., etc. And I think they did a pretty good job of filling the world with all these little different bits that you needed to approach in different ways. And putting that all together and finally getting to the end was quite satisfying for me overall. Uh, but this is the part where I have to criticize the game, James, because as much as I enjoyed all this stuff conceptually, the truth is that I found the experience of playing Pikmin a lot of the time to be pretty tedious and a little bit boring. Um, it takes a long time for your Pikmin to do stuff, unless you've perfectly optimize what it is you need to do if you want to knock down a wall i swear there are some walls where your pikmin are bashing their heads against a wall for so long um if you want to carry a part back to your spaceship it takes forever if you if you want to clear a field of enemies that can sometimes take up most of your day and your days are pretty short as is so while i liked this idea of doing it um i think that it all is a bit too slow and the fact that you don't have free control over your Pikmin a la 
um, a traditional RTS, the fact that Pikmin are always getting stuck on on terrain and they're not keeping up, so you might set out with enough Pikmin to complete a part, but you lose five along the way. It all added up to an experience that was a little bit frustrating and tedious when I was actually playing the game. So I actually half agree with you about mm-hmm. this. Um, so the point that I want to make here is that I think that Pikmin is a game that probably gets a lot more fun the better you get at mm-hmm. it. And the the actual fun that you can have as someone who is brand new to this game isn't that high. Like, when I played this game, um, my enjoyment of it went up and down quite a bit. Well, there was, like, at the start of the game, in the first two levels, I was enjoying myself. And then there was this big rut in the middle where I was having no fun at all with the game. And near the end, when I was getting better at controlling the Pikmin and multitasking... Um, my enjoyment was shooting up a lot and I ended up at the very end, you know, enjoying the experience. So I think that, you know, for example, you mentioned there are these walls, right, that take like five minutes or something to break. Like if you're not multitasking and you're just like taking the Pikmin to one wall and then standing there waiting and doing literally nothing for five minutes, that's not very fun, is it? Like that's fucking boring. Um, But if you're, you know got a bunch of Pikmin breaking this wall and these Pikmin killing this enemy and you have these four Pikmin grabbing more pellets to make more Pikmin and you're, you know, picking up the Pikmin off out of the ground while all this other stuff is happening. That can be pretty fun and intense, like when you're rushing against the clock in order to, you know, try and squeeze four ship parts out in one day. Uh, I think that the experience is really rough to begin with, honestly. Like, I, like you at the start of the game was running into these blocks where I was really bored because I was waiting for stuff to happen. But the truth is, like, I didn't have to wait for any of those walls or any of those enemies to die. Like, I could have been pushing myself to be doing multiple things at any given time, I think. So I think that this game is one that's probably a lot more fun if you're planning on playing it A, multiple times, and B, putting in the effort to multitask consistently. I I really want to hone in on why this is an issue, and it's not the intrinsic time limit. It's not the fact that this game has a time limit. It's how short the days are. I think this game would be dramatically improved if the days were longer and you had less days. I can imagine having far more fun with this game if the days were, instead of being 13 and a half minutes long, were 45 minutes long, but you only had 10 days to get everything done. Because the problem is, a lot of the time, it feels like you make barely any progress, particularly if you're still trying to come to grips with the with the map at that stage. And that, like, I agree with you. I, I think that once you know where everything is, you can do all this multitasking efficiently. But to expect people to multitask efficiently within that 13 and a half minute time limit, that first couple of days is ridiculous. So you end up doing just a couple of things and you're like, well, I've done a couple of things. I guess I'm going to do a couple of things tomorrow. And you do a couple of things tomorrow. And I think that you, if they ju- even if they just doubled the length of a day, you could feel a much greater sense of accomplishment as you were moving through. I think that you can't play... I, I, I think you literally can't play this game properly on your first playthrough of it, basically. 
Like, I feel like to engage with what's good about this game, you have to know where all the parts are and, like, what to do mm. and have a plan um, and put that plan into action. Like, your first playthrough of this game is going to have a lot of tedium. There's going to be a lot of times where, like, you're just blowing away time, like you said. Um, And something that I had to do a lot, because this game's actually really punishing um, when you make mistakes. So... What I mean is, say for example, your total Pikmin is about 60. Like, that's all the Pikmin you have, right? And you, there are these, in the water area, there are these bull bear things, which are these big, you know, enemies that are way scarier than anything else. And I tried to fight them head on with my Pikmin, and basically, like, for the first time, all of them died, and I had, like, four total left, which meant that I had to spend the next day doing nothing but make more Pikmin. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's not very fun. Like, it's very tedious. So whenever you make... And you, this game expects you to experiment a lot to figure out the optimal way to do things, right? Like, because of that ex bad experience I had with the bull bear, I just tried, you know, throwing bombs at it instead. And I found that if I threw bombs at it, I could kill it without losing any Pikmin. And, you know, I felt really good when I learnt that. But the time prior where I had failed spectacularly and I had to spend, like, you know, a whole 30 minutes doing nothing but boring, busy work to get my army back up um, wasn't very fun. So, like I said, I feel like once you've gone through all of this pain, you can then uh, engage with the fun part of the game. Um, but to get to that point, you have to you have to be willing to put in a lot of effort, I think. Yeah, well, that's the other thing you have to juggle your your Pikmin economy, right? So you might want to solve this puzzle, right? But it requires you to kill some enemies in the water, and you've got fifteen blue Pikmin. So you don't have enough blue Pikmin to. Uh, to actually go do this puzzle that you've kind of solved in your head. So a lot of the time what I'd do is I'd send my red Pikmin out to kill things and then the red Pikmin would return. I'd go get the blue Pikmin. The blue Pikmin would take the corpses back to the back to the onion and then I'd gain 10 blue Pikmin. I'd be like, all right, now I'm ready to fight. My blue Pikmin would go out and fight, but I lost you know, four or five in the attrition and now I can't pick up the part. So I've got to go back. And by <laughs> yeah. this time, the day's over and I don't feel like I've accomplished anything. And what I did wasn't really fun. It wasn't challenging. It wasn't interesting. I just had to get some extra blue Pikmin. And if that is... And when you play for your first time... And basically, James, I agree with a lot of what you're saying about the value of replaying this game but for your first time playing this you're gonna have things like this happen to you where you spend a day or two and you've just done nothing and it's not that it's not that you know you're gonna run out of time because as far as i can tell the time limit is fairly generous like i'm i'm ahead on parts at the point i'm up to in the game it's more that you end the day feeling like you just did a lot of busy work and the busy work isn't fun. It's actually retrieving the parts. So I don't know how you fix this. If if you can fix this, the, the whole game is like baked in a very specific way. And I don't know if you could just change one element. Um, but yeah, I, I think that the economy is a little out of whack. It's a bit hard to generate your blue and yellow Pikmin at the start of the game. 
Yeah, I'm almost like tempted to say that it might be worth like watching someone else play this game first and then giving it a go yourself. I reckon that might improve the first experience a bit. Um, but like, I, I agree with you. The first experience, there are some rough parts in this game, man. But it is ultimately a game about learning. Like, throughout my time playing Pikmin 1, I felt like I learnt a lot about the game, right? Like, there were these there were these frog enemies that would go up into the air, and then two seconds later they would come down, and I could not, for the life of me, figure out how to fight those things Ah, uh, you're an idiot, James. Am I? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you just... Uh pull your pikmin away when they go for the slam and then you push your pikmin back in right but basically what i did was whenever i had a pikmin in the vicinity of those frogs i would like get them to do their task and then i would have olimar run really close to them and then lead them away until they were in a spot where they wouldn't attack the pikmin oh my um, god because i found that like Whenever I fought the frogs, I would just lose so many. Yeah, you you um, literally just swarm them away, and then you swarm them back, and that's that's it. You don't lose any because if there are enough Pikmin on them, they can't jump. Like they get found, they get overwhelmed. Because what I found was they would do this thing where they would shake, which would knock Pikmin onto the floor, and then while they were stunned on the floor, they would go up and they would slam down on the Pikmin. Yeah, so basically, if you put enough Pikmin on them, and this is something that happens with a few enemies, if you can get enough on top of them, they try to shake and they're unable to escape the grip. So you just need a big stack of you Pikmin. You just swarm. Okay. Yeah, you, well, if you don't have enough Pikmin, it won't work. But if you've, what I did was when I went into my combat mode, blood for the blood god mode, I'd get out <laughs> 90 red Pikmin. I'd be like, all right, boys, <laughs> we're doing some fragging. <laughs> and uh, yeah, okay. so, so yeah, those, those frog enemies, you just swarm away, swarm in, swarm away, swarm in if you need to do it a second time and problem solved. Your way is a lot more creative than mine, and I can see why you felt like you've learned a lot, but I immediately figured that out within seconds okay. of playing. And then there were these enemies, the the puffy blowhogs, the ones that shot fire. They would shake Pikmin off too, but they, they actually lived near a body of water, so sometimes i would put my red pikmin on them and they would just buck them off into the lake <laughs> so i'd have to do this little dance where i led them away from the water and then like slowly took them down yeah th those i didn't figure out a trick with those there was always just a bit of attrition whenever i fought those with my red pikmin i mostly was able to beat those without losing people um i i actually want to talk about the enemies because i quite enjoyed fighting them in this game but before that let's go to a long overdue music break running on 40 minutes now um Patrick, how did you feel about the music of Pikmin? Uh, I did not really like it. I'm sorry. Me, me neither, to be honest. Ugh. I liked exactly... I liked one track on the soundtrack, which was the, the one for, for Garden of Hope. Now, in all fairness, right, this game is trying to blend a number of themes in its soundtrack that don't necessarily work too well together. Like, the thing that it's going for is it's trying to represent both the loneliness of a, you know, a harsh, strange alien planet with the childish wonder and the silliness of wandering around with these little Pikmin. And it, fails. it felt like the two themes were, <laughs> yeah, it was, they were, at, they were at odds with each other, like the whole soundtrack. Um, like, I liked the main menu theme, which you hear, which I listened to like once in my whole playthrough. 
and I didn't mind the forest theme because I thought the forest theme managed to combine the child the childish wonder using some xylophones um, with the untamed wilderness of the drums and the wide openness of space with these long you know stretched out synth notes and I thought that was okay um, the rest of the soundtrack feels really weird I it doesn't have any like rhythm or beat to it in a lot of the times I just I was confused and oftentimes like honestly in the cave section i just really didn't like it yeah um, I, I just hated that soundtrack I, like, I was about to say the caves one stands out as being quite bad um i'll also say that in general i know you're talking about these macabre undertones i don't really i didn't really get that M- maybe if you're playing this as a kid it feels scary but for me it was very bright and colorful and cheerful and optimistic uh and I wasn't really sold on this idea of, you know, it being a harsh, inhospitable environment, even though things are trying to kill you. Um, you're obviously very in control of a deadly army that can deal with anything that gets thrown in its path. Uh, and I, I just never really felt alone. And maybe that's because you've got the Pikmin there with you. But when I've played a game like Subnautica or, you know, Resident Evil or... Uh, outer wilds i think that these games all do a far better job of capturing this atmosphere of loneliness um and i think that yeah this soundtrack just sounded like you know fairly uninspired upbeat music with some weird dark beats that i didn't really understand so i i didn't like loathe it to pieces but i was pretty sick of it you know when you land for the sixth day on a planet and it's the same music playing again and again yeah it's like the days are like 13 and a half minutes long and the songs are like three minute four minutes long so you hear the whole thing four times every day for like the six days that you're on the planet it does get very repetitive very quickly um and they're not that interesting so i was pretty low on the music as a whole but i did like the forest of hope theme so here it is
that was the theme for the Forest of Hope. It was, you know, it was okay. It was better than the rest of the soundtrack. I still didn't love it. Um, but let's talk about something I did love now, and that's the enemies in Pikmin, because the enemies in Pikmin I found were to be generally pretty fun to fight for a number of reasons. The number one for me is that the enemies really react to what you're doing. Like, if you throw a Pikmin onto an enemy, their body will jiggle about as the Pikmin hits them. Uh, some enemies will trip over the Pikmin as you push them into their way. I found that they reacted a lot to what you were doing, right? Like, there's stuff like you can throw them into their mouths with bombs. Uh, you can, you know, target body parts. You can throw them at flyers, and with enough, you know, weight on them, they'll fall to the ground. I felt that the enemies were very reactive, and it really really like added to my gameplay experience. I find that like a lot of games that I play, like the number one thing that makes an enemy unfun to fight is when you're just hitting it really, really hard over and over again and its body is just like not reacting in the slightest. I hate that shit. Um, Pikmin 1, not the case. It, I thought it was great. I think that while you have a point that visually um, they were entertaining to fight, I don't think they were entertaining to fight mechanically. Uh, these enemies, either you swarm them or the enemy will have one gimmick trick that you can execute to take less attrition losses. Uh, you're just kind of sending your Pikmin into the fray, whether it's swarming them or clicking a lot on, a, on them at a particular area. Um, I really didn't get much out of the combat. And I think part of that is these enemies as a function of level design like you would just get to an area and in order to get the part you needed to get back safely you'd have to clear it of enemies so it'd be like yep unload all my red pikmin yep fight all these enemies kill all these enemies send those red enemies back get my blue and yellow pikmin to take some of these corpses and pellets so i can replenish their supplies all right all done now i can get the ship part uh Overall, the combat's not offensive, but it's not enjoyable in the way you're suggesting. Okay, well, I liked, I always did lots of little things. Like, some something that happened a lot was, like, I'd have a ship part with, like, 30 Pikmin carrying it, um, and it would walk past a sleeping enemy that would suddenly wake up. Um, and, you know, initially that would, you know, they would hit the, hit the part and the Pikmin would go flying, often into the water. Um, and that would ruin my day. And then later I was doing things like, if you just throw like a single Pikmin onto the back of one of these things, they'll like flail about for a while. Um, so you can like kind of like use singular Pikmin as sacrifices in order to get like clumps past them if you didn't want to fight them. Um, or things like getting bombs. On, like I don't think it's like super fun, right? But I think that every enemy in this game has like some kind of gimmick that makes learning to fight them somewhat interesting and in the the broader picture of learning how to fight things optimally in order to you know if you were to replay this game and try to get the number of days down by quite a lot i think that you could do a fair bit of optimization in what enemies you chose to fight and how you chose to fight them so in the broader scope of the game, I think they work quite well. I think you raise a really good point there, actually, about treating these enemies as optimization obstacles versus pure obstacles. Because the way I played Pikmin was very safe. I tried to clear out every area. Um, I kind of very methodically approached it. I was like, I need to get this part. All right, we're going to get my guys, kill all these guys. 
now I've got a clear clear path. Now I can get this part safely. But as you said, and it sounds like the way you started to play towards the end of the game, where you were trying to do it fast, and so you weren't were trying to do it without doing it the safe way I was, then it could be more fun. And I, I do buy that. Like for example, with the um there's like an armored beetle that shoots fire. It's like in a tree trunk on the yep. last level. I I ended up fighting him and killing him, but as I did, I noticed that when you throw a Pikmin to plug his vent, it actually takes quite a while for him to clear it. So did did you kill it or did you just throw a throw a Pikmin in there and kind of scoot past him? I thought you needed to kill that one in order to drop a part. So um I definitely killed him. Oh, do um, you? Oh, ah. you, did, you, you? Yeah, you didn't get all the parts, did you? So um so I think you do need to kill that one. I found the bosses to be okay. Yeah, like, tell, tell us was... about the final boss in particular, because that's I, I saw a video of it and it took like 10 minutes. <laughs> and this was someone yeah. doing it fairly efficiently. It looked like a nightmare. It took me like eight minutes and I reckon I lost like 90 Pikmin to fight. <laughs> um, so the, like the final boss is quite big and it has this big tongue attack. And if its tongue hits Pikmin, it just eats them. They're dead. So like you need to you need to get Pikmin onto its cheeks to damage it. Like if you its body is all blubbery, so they'll bounce off most of its body. So you need to aim aim the Pikmin at the right spots in order to damage him, while also like keeping your big horde out of the way of his big attacks in order to keep, you know, enough to finish the fight uh later on into the fight he actually starts doing this high jump attack which was like I, not not only did i need to move olimar i needed to like scoot the pikmin around get out of the shockwave so mm. uh i think it was an okay fight maybe he had a bit too much health for me to enjoy it um like i kind of got bored once i'd you know figured everything out and it only took me like two tries um in general like, I don't love the idea of boss fights in this game. Like I said, and like you said before, I think the enemies are most interesting when they're part of the overall game plan and puzzle. Like, they're more fun when you're not killing them. <laughs> like, Yes, that's that's a really good way to put it, actually. They're more fun when they're obstacles and not threats to be killed because killing them is less interesting than dealing with them. I'm, rem them. I'm reminded yeah. of, um, of Resi. Because when we played Resi, the thing that made that the zombies interesting wasn't that shooting them in the head was interesting. It was their how they affected the flow of the gameplay as gameplay obstacles. So I, I actually buy what you're saying, James. I think that the way you were playing where you were trying to distract and evade enemies is a fun way, more, more fun way to approach the combat than I did. Yeah. yeah. And that's like that's my biggest takeaway from Pikmin is that this game is probably substantially more enjoyable um when you're better at it and that like I don't think that just playing this game once is enough. Like I don't think I could tell somebody like just to play Pikmin once. But I feel like I could tell somebody like if somebody was looking you know to play a game a lot like if if i had this game when i was a small child right and you know when you're a kid you have like four games because you just have four games because you can't buy your own you don't you know your steam library isn't 
uh, thousands of games long that you've ne- haven't played half of them. If I had this game on my GameCube and it was like my only game and I played it every day after school, I feel like my opinion of this game now as an adult would be really high because I would have engaged with the fun part of Pikmin a lot, um, which is playing it you know, over and over again. Uh, if playing it now once for the show is probably not like the optimal way to play the game because there was a big chunk of this gameplay where I was not having fun and I only started to really enjoy the game a lot um, near the end of my playtime. It's very interesting, isn't it? Because I think that I, I would maintain, and it is my opinion, that a game does have to be enjoyable on the first time you play it through. And saying that it gets fun, you know, for this... Because the game is, what, seven to ten hours long? Saying it gets fun for subsequent playthroughs isn't quite enough. I think it's a valid point. I think that if this is a kind of thing you're inclined towards, if it's a thing that you can look past the flaws, that the replayability is valuable. But if the first time playing through it isn't fun, then that's not good enough for me. Like, I'd say the first two hours and the last two hours of my, like, around eight-hour playthrough were fun, and then the middle four, I felt like, I felt stressed, um, and I think that the time limit is a big part of that, because when you don't know the game, and you're kind of, like, wandering blindly, uh, the short time limit and the, like, the worry that you're not going to finish it in time, it's all, it's all a bit too much. Like, the game was the most fun for me at the start, when I was just exploring this you know this cool world full of monsters and ship parts and you know finding what i can do with the pikmin and then it was fun again near the end when i was adept at controlling them and was able to multitask a bit better and to you know plan and you know be efficient and then in the middle when i had done my exploring i knew where everything was but i wasn't good at controlling the game that was when i was like when it was the least fun for me by like a lot yeah i i never have i never felt stressed uh and that's important because you'd think that with the time limit you would but i just assumed the time limit would be reasonable my problem was i was bored like i i I found it tedious and unengaging and kind of yeah kind of exhausting not because i didn't have enough time but exhausting because i wasn't accomplishing much on a day-to-day basis i thought i'd have enough time i just thought that I was only able to do very little on each day. Uh, but yeah, either way, James, I kind of agree. And I, I think we're starting to um, come to a, uh, a point of a... A point of agreement here, yeah. Um, so I had a few more notes. Um, mm-hmm. Visually, I wanted to talk about Pikmin because I think a lot of the, the draw for this game, like the reason people are drawn to Pikmin initially and pick it up is because it's quite charming, right, visually. Like, uh, the world is visually interesting. All of the, you know, the enemies are kind of adorable and the Pikmin themselves are very endearing. Um, I think that this idea of being really small and the world being filled with all of this interesting detail is a really good one. Um, I think that Pikmin being a game on the GameCube, having to, you know, render so many units at once... I feel like the game world wasn't as detailed as I wanted it to be. Like, large chunks of area just felt like, you know, they had a big ground, a big brown floor, and they just, like, raised parts of it with the, you know, the the sculpting tool or whatever. (laughs) There weren't enough, like, 
visually interesting parts of the world, and I thought they could have gone way harder into this aspect, like the floor texture is kind of ugly, there isn't enough clutter. I think that you can do so much with this idea of shrinking people down and having them in these little places, and I don't think the game capitalized on that enough. Superland comes to mind as a game which does yeah. something similar, yeah. Um, I agree, I wasn't impressed by the visuals. They... I mean, they were fine, but not not that good. Uh, one one note I had is that I think that part of the problem is that each area that you were in in a level felt very segmented from the others. And I think the only level to really capture a broader space was Distant Springs. And Distant Springs was my favorite level from an aesthetic standpoint, just because it seemed to be more open than any of the other levels while still having, you know, lakes and hills and different levels that you could actually traverse between instead of them just being hard barriers. There's lots of like um, pathways where you can go up a little bit and then you can throw a Pikmin from that spot, etc., etc. But on the whole, didn't wasn't impressed with the graphics. Um, still far ahead of a game like, you know, Max Payne, because uh, it's not trying to be semi-realistic, but it's like a C. It's like it was it was fine and it was there, but I didn't love them or even think they were great. I thought the enemy design was kind of endearing and the Pikmin were good. Like the like the actual character models and stuff, I liked. I liked some of the ship parts. Like the ship parts were kind of silly for the most part. I thought it kind of fit. Um, I actually really liked like how the ship like slowly got built back yes, up from that's the parts a good point. going yeah. into it. I thought that was really cool because your ship, when you first see your ship, I was like, this ship looks fucking ridiculous like in the opening cutscene. And then it all makes sense when it crashes to the, to the planet and all the parts go everywhere and you're like, oh, I get it now. You have to get each of the parts and then put it back together, kind of like Lego. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that the visuals of the ship coming back together and when I finally had my ship in one whole piece was quite satisfying to see it built up like that. Yeah, I, I agree with that. The the ship the ship reassembling was cool. Was cool, yeah. So I visually like it's it's definitely endearing, but I think that it's not definitely not, you know, um doing the best it possibly could have been for this kind of setting they have so much things they could do like having you go through these giant boots or you know having coins all over the ground just having weird little details that add character to the levels or even major landmarks like there's nothing there are just these areas that have ground or water i just wanted there to be iconic landmarks in each little bit i think um having more human objects populating the environment would have done a lot because it's used very sparingly whether it's like there'll be a can or a cardboard box but if they were to lean a lot more heavily into that and have the environment feel littered with maybe not littered but with using those human things as landmarks like they do in superland superland does this excellently like it'll have a um it'll have a chair you know sitting off in the distance and that chair ends up being part of the level that you pass in and around or an eraser will be leaning up against something and it's part of the level and you can travel over it, but it's also a human object. Uh, Very, very little of that in Pikmin. And if they'd done it more, these environments would have been more interesting to explore. You can even do things like telling these little background stories with cleverly placed items, right? Like you can have, you know, 
interesting information about the world conveyed to the player by the you know the location of related objects and you know just missed opportunity i thought the whole game um so disappointing in that regard um i'm kind of getting to the end of my notes already patrick this might end up being a short one um did you have anything else no not really i i mean the thing about pikmin is that it's all so integrated together (laughs) yeah so we've kind of We've not uh, spread out our discussion as we normally do into categories because everything flows into everything else. So I, I think we've said most of what we need to say. So, um, James, final impressions. What what did you think of Pikmin? Should you play it today? So Pikmin was a game that I both enjoyed and disliked in equal measures throughout my playthrough, right? Like when I first started playing through the game, learning about the different Pikmin and the world and the creatures was really fun. Um, And then there was this big period in the middle where I sucked at the game, um, even though I knew what to do. And it was kind of boring and there was lots of busy work. And every time I failed, I was punished extra hard and had to go back to the first site and make Pikmin for 13 minutes in order to try again. So my main takeaway of Pikmin 1 is that Pikmin 1 is a game that you should play if you like optimization and replaying games over and over again. Uh, Pikmin 1 I can't recommend as a single, you know, once and done experience, but I, I think I absolutely can recommend it um, for the kind of person who wants to play it multiple times. And I think that that is the way the game is intended to be played anyway. It does have substantial scoring systems, Um And honestly, like, near the end of my playthrough, I was having fun again. Like, once I was better at aiming my Pikmin um, and, you know, managing to do multiple things at the same time, I was having a lot of fun and I managed to knock out, you know, a big chunk of gameplay in one go because I was having a good time. So Pikmin 1, I would recommend to, you know, lovers of replayability, and I would not recommend it um, if you're only going to play it through once. Uh, It is a very charming... Um, but frustrating at times game. But I think that, you know, clever level design and interesting enemies that lend themselves really well as obstacles um, makes the game quite a fun puzzle to figure out and to optimize. So, you know, not for everyone, but there are some people who are going to like it a lot. Uh, So on balance, I do not recommend Pikmin. Uh, I think that it's a game that's conceptually super interesting. Um, I think that it's level design and puzzles actually are very cleverly constructed. It's on the easy side, but that doesn't take away from the enjoyment I got from trying to solve the puzzles and challenges in front of me. But ultimately, the spaces in between that and the practice of playing Pikmin for me as a first-time player was a lot of tedium and boredom. And while I agree with James that one way to solve this is to do repeat playthroughs uh, to get good at getting rid of that tedium by being more efficient, I think that a lot of these tedium issues are basically a result of it being an RTS that you play with a controller. I can imagine Pikmin if I had access to a mini-map in the bottom corner of my screen, if I could put my Pikmin in control groups so I could order them around the game whenever I liked, if the days were longer than 13 minutes, if there were only you know 10 days but the days were 45 minutes long, I think that the tedium of the experience would have been dramatically decreased 
and the focus instead would have been on the good parts, which is the puzzle solving. Um, as James said, if you're the kind of person who's happy to pick up a game and play it several times, then you can get a lot of enjoyment out of Pikmin by doing things like finding cool ways to distract enemies instead of fighting them. But I think for most people who play this the first time, they're going to be a lot more methodical in the way that they approach the challenge like I did. And in the end, that methodical approach just wasn't fun, even if it was sensible. So yeah, I don't recommend Pikmin. I think it has a lot of interesting features. I'm kind of interested to hear what Pikmin 2 and Pikmin 3 did differently because I know that some people love the sequels and some think Pikmin 1 was the highlight. So maybe there's something in the sequels that does a lot to address my concerns. So yeah, unfortunately, thumbs down for Pikmin despite its fascinating premise. Do you think that there is a version of Pikmin out there that you would love? Like, if they fixed all of these problems, they could potentially make a game in this series that you would really like? It's hard because I just find this fundamental idea of, you know, controlling an army on a controller just ridiculous. Like, it, it like I said, it just makes no sense to me if controlling these units with a mouse and keyboard setup uh you know the a traditional rts setup would just improve the experience for me so much so i'm not sure there's a version of pikmin that i'd love but i do think there is a version of pikmin that i would recommend you know that i would see past my you know biased hatred of these control schemes <laughs> to to say yes this is still worth your time uh, but yeah, as as is, it doesn't pass that threshold for me. Okay, I think that's fair enough. Um, like, I actually... There's something about these console RTS games that's very unique to me. Like, I think that all of the ones that I've played, I've enjoyed them just because they're trying to... Just because they're going against the grain and trying to do something you probably shouldn't try to do. Um, so maybe maybe, maybe your opinion is the, the common one. Um, but I think that there's something endearing about these games that I guess don't really fit the mold. Like I feel like as, you know, games as a medium evolves, we see a lot of standard practice. And so there's something, there's something unique about something trying, you know, a, probably a flawed... Uh, idea i i will say that kingdom under fire crusaders or whatever that game is called i um i enjoyed that game more than pikmin i think that i think a big part of that was when you realize you could just control your units with the map and you spent 90 percent of your time <laughs> yeah. on the map screen but that that just to me suggests that if, if i'm spending 90 percent of my map of my time on a map screen and that's the most efficient way to control it, then why are we even doing this on a on a gamepad? You know, it's like yeah. th th something's gone gone wrong in the um in the design space if that's the preferred way to play these games. Uh, I I agree with you though. There there is value in this um in this kind of quirkiness, but that doesn't mean that all these games are made equal. I mean, Katamari Damacy is the game I always think of that's quirky, but also brilliant at the same time. I, I can't really point out any problems with Katamari Damacy, but uh, I can pl point out plenty with Pikmin. Yeah, well, that's fair enough. I think that there is somebody out there 
who will love this game, and there are definitely people out there who will hate Pikmin 1. Um, I think it really comes down to, like, the kind of player you are. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's certainly, like, a really fascinating game. So um, that was Pikmin and what we thought about it. Thank you so much for your time for listening. Thank you very much to Amethyst and Mayday Mima for playing along with us in the game club. It was really fun to hear from you guys. Um, James and I make up the Retrospectors podcast. Each and every fortnight we review these classic games, and this was episode 68. So we've done a lot by now. Um, You can find all of our content on our website, which is rspodcast.net. It's got all of our episodes as well as a bunch of articles that James and I have written about games both old and new. Um, most importantly we'll put a link to the in the show notes as well we've got a link to our discord server and we would love for you to drop by say hi play the game of the week or tell us why we're wrong any and all of these options are appreciated and are highly encouraged so please we would love if you could drop by our discord server and continue the conversation oh so yeah that was pikmin james now the time has come for me to pick a game um, we've done your weird, shitty games. It's time to play something a bit more traditional. Traditional? Patrick, I remember months ago, we were out with friends, and we had been doing a lot of drinking, and one of our friends had told us exactly what game uh, we should be playing for episode 69, and that game <laughs> was Le- Leisure Suit Larry. And I was I was waiting for this episode for you to tell tell the world which, which Leisure Suit Larry game we'd be playing, but unfortunately, Patrick has not upheld his end of the bargain, and we won't be doing that, so I'm told. Yeah, I decided against it because I remembered <laughs> I hated point-and-click adventure games, so I was like, I do not want to pick a point-and-click adventure game. <laughs> but uh, yes, uh, people can continue being disappointed because the game we are doing next fortnight is Panzer General. Um, this one's a bit out of left field. Uh, it's a game that was released in 1994, and it's a war game, like a tactics slash strategy turn-based game. When it was first released, it was highly lauded for revolutionizing the this genre and making it more approachable and easy to get into and i have some very vague memories of playing this when i was like five or six years old having no idea what i was doing and going back to playing you know doom because that game was easier to understand because uh you know my dad put on god mode for me so (laughs) so um i've i've been eager to play one of these pc early you know turn-based tactical games for a while you know we were talking about jagged alliance and silent storm um, which aren't exactly the same but you know i wanted to play a game like this and so we're going to go with one of the earlier games panzer general so i hope it's good but uh, i wouldn't be surprised if it's a little outdated I hope we can get it working, Patrick. I always, like, that's always my favorite part is, like, <laughs> trying to get a game to work for, like, three hours at the start of yeah. the week. It's funny. We were talking about this. Uh, these MS-DOS era games are actually far easier to get working than late 90s, early 2000 games. Those games on Windows 95, 98, 2000. Those are the real nightmarish compatibility ones. So I don't think we'll have any issues, or at least I hope we don't. Well, I hope I don't have any issues. <laughs> I'll get a big list of what steps to follow in order to install this thing, um, and we'll uh, we'll post that to the the Games Club channel as well. So if anybody wants to play through Panzer Corps with us as well, 
Panzer General. Panzer General. Get it right. Ugh. I've never heard of this game, Patrick. Is this is this one of those games where everyone's heard of it but me? Um, I I don't think I actually think this is one of those games that a lot of people have forgotten. I looked it up on how long to beat, and it doesn't have a completion time. So we're oh. just go- we're just gonna crack away at it and see how far we get. And but, usually, um, it's me picking the weird out of left field. Games. This this, this isn't. Is a- I'd say it's been forgotten as opposed to being weird, though. At once upon a time, this was a very mainstream, highly lauded game and genre, but um, it's one of those genres that has fallen out of popularity. And Patrick gave me shit at the start of this episode <laughs> for being obscure. Yeah, well, one's PC obscure. That that's my 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 brand. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, thanks everyone for listening. We'll see you next episode for Panzer General. See you then, guys. Bye.